Welcome back to Leaders of Color. I'm your host, Sarisha Iyer, and on today's episode, we are joined by two of the co-founders of BAM Collective. Hanan was born in Aleppo, Syria. She has only been in Canada for four years. She's a student at Ryerson University who majors in politics and governance and is minoring in law. Hanan is the founder of BAM Books, Art, Music Collective, a youth-driven initiative that aims to empower young people to get involved in civics and community through art. Currently, she is the Executive Vice President of the Politics and Governance Association at Ryerson and the Community Outreach Coordinator for the Syrian Canadian Foundation. She's the youngest recipient to receive the MCIS Interpreter Training Scholarship in 2016 and is an ambassador for the IRCNF Okasi Campaign, Immigrant and Refugee Communities, Neighbors, Friends and Families, to raise awareness and promote action to end domestic violence. In 2019, she was chosen to be one of the Daughters of the Vote, representing the federal riding of Scarborough-Guildwood in Ottawa. She is also the co-founder of Starter Kit Project. The project was created to discuss various pathways and to find solutions to problems faced by those wanting to attend post-secondary education, specific to the newcomer's needs. She is a coordinator at Welcome Home TO, a group of professionals from various disciplines with the shared goal of supporting the best settlement experiences for new Canadians. We are also joined by Hani, who was born in Homs, Syria. Hani resides in Toronto, Ontario, where he is attending Ryerson University. He is the co-founder of BAM Books Art Music Collective. Prior to coming to Canada as a refugee from Syria, he helped fellow refugees while living in the camps in Lebanon and working for UNICEF. Upon his arrival to Canada, he is a talented photographer. And what makes Hani's photography even more special is the fact that he's legally blind. He has created his own style to use cameras. His photography has been seen around the world in the New York Times, Fast Company, the Toronto Star, and American Photo Magazine. He won the Special Aftermath Project Grant in 2015. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. Thanks for having us. I'm really excited to have you here. This is such an awesome connection because I know we've we've featured a few other folks who were at Daughters of the Vote, but it's cool to see what especially the the young women of color have been doing outside of um, outside of that experience. So I'm excited to hear more about it. That was a great experience. I met a lot of um, young females across the country, so that was something empowering. Um, and I, I'm still connected to a lot of the daughters too. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so how have you both been doing? Are you reading or watching or listening to anything these days that, that others might enjoy as well? Yeah, I would start. So um, I've been um, listening to a podcast. Um, so after recent incidents in the U.S., um, I wanted to learn more about uh, the Black community and, and ways to support um, and help like young folks. Um, so I worked on a fundraiser to raise funds to support Black businesses. And during the fundraiser, we were able to share um, like learning experiences and stuff that we are currently like listening or watching. So one of the stuff that was recommended to me is a podcast called Shade. Um, so the podcast is basically a group of um, anti-racism campaigners, educators, and public figures. They talk about their work and their lives and how they the, the two influence each other day to day. So that's something I'm really enjoying and I'm learning so much. And I also recommend it to newcomers and specifically those who are coming from the Middle East because this topic is a very important topic and we usually don't open conversations about it. So that's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keep recommending to people to learn about it and, and, and just learn about ways that they can support um, uh, to the black community. Awesome. And for myself, I was uh, following whether, whatever what's happening with uh, exploring Mars. So that was something I was, I would like to see uh, the human 
doing. So I'm very excited about it. Also, I'm, as a as a fan of soccer, I've been watching the last uh, World Cups matches. Oh, cool! I didn't realize that there were still matches going on. No, but the uh, last ones, like the, oh, the previous, one. previous, yeah, yeah. previous ones, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about your organization. What is it that you folks have done with BAM Collective? What is the audience that you're catering to? And what are some of the programs that you offer? BAM stands uh, for Books, Art and Music Collective. And uh, we are a youth-led collective that works on empowering young people and engaging them in um, civics and community through forms of art. Um, we strive to support young artists and especially those who have talents, but they have no opportunity to share this talent. So we give them the space and the stage to share the talent and connect with other folks. Um, we worked on multiple projects and one of our biggest projects was um, hosting large gathering and community events. And of course, we were affected because of COVID-19, so we're trying to shift online uh, but we usually highlight different things for example what we did we, uh, we we talked about politics and art we hosted uh, climate change and art mental health and art uh, domestic violence and other things but through creative ways um, on, in delivering the message um, so when you come to our events you will learn about the topic in so many creative ways while learn while, while meeting guest speakers participating in art workshops and of course enjoying live performance and supporting talents during the booth uh, we recently uh, launched a um, a new project we call it Talents to Inspire. So it's a project by BAM to um, provide a platform for young people or entrepreneurs, especially like artists and young leaders, to expand their business platforms. Um, so we promote their work and connect them to share their businesses and talents. Um, and one of the recent um, um, uh, events that we worked on for this project was we hosted an Eid Bazaar for Muslim youth um, to come together virtually to share their businesses and get and get support uh, from the community um, because we know they were affected because of the pandemic and we just wanted to give them a sense of um, community vibes like connecting them during Eid and we, we're, we're trying now to um, highlight stories of, of those young folks. One of the main components of our work too is uh, we collaborate and work with community partners so BAM is part of different initiatives we work on online campaigns, book clubs and other community events that you can find on our uh, social media platforms. For our target audience, we welcome everyone. Um, so we work with youth and young folks across the country and we welcome them to our free programs and services. However, our main target is to support racialized folks. So we're, we're, we're trying to give the space and especially when it comes to performing, like the art, because we know like art is a great way to share stories and experiences. So we're trying to give it to newcomers, black youth, indigenous LGBT communities, trying to give it to everyone, but that's our main target. That's wonderful. And yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The the need for art spaces in those mm -hmm. communities is often uh, unavailable. And so to create that space, I think is, is incredible. What motivated you to start doing this work and to create BAM? Um, how did it come about? Well, for me personally, I, I had a personal experience, as you mentioned in, uh, uh, earlier, that I lived uh, in, a, in a camp. While being there between uh, 20, 2012 and 2015, I didn't have anything to do and I really needed someone to support me to discover myself and to have something new to do or like even to push me to to do something. And I, I met someone, uh, his name uh, is Brandon Bannon. He's a photographer from the, from the US and he he helped me a lot to, to use the camera. That's something I wasn't able to do. And, uh, and I filled my time with joy in the camp and I did something uh, for the future as well, I was able to document uh, my work and and help the other to see what how it how it how it does look like uh, to to be in a camp or like to see from that perspective as well. Uh, so I understand how it feels to support others, and that's what we're trying to do 
in BAM. Also, as a group, we're all passionate. I think passion is a very good element. We are we are all passion passionate about uh, supporting our other artists, as we are artists as well. And uh, we believe that art is a universal language that everybody can speak. So that's that actually uh, give us the the whole energy to support others chasing their dreams as well. That's wonderful. And it's wonderful that something from your experience has, has grown to, to be this thing that you can share with other people. I think that's really admirable. Have you faced any challenges in doing this sort of work? Um, and how have you have you dealt with those challenges that have come up? For a lot of people who are guests on the podcast, we've heard that funding is quite difficult to get, um, that finding access to like the right networks, the right spaces, especially for racialized youth, is really, really difficult because we're not welcomed in those spaces. We're explicitly kicked out of them, so to speak, and they're not, they're not made for us to be there. So how have you navigated that? Have there been other challenges that have come up as you've been doing this work, and how have you overcome those? Thanks for bringing the point, like the funding. Of course, that's one of the biggest challenges that you face when you start an initiative or a project. So yeah, I would say funding is one of our um, challenges. And I know like the provincial and the federal government are investing a lot of money towards youth programs. However, most of the funds are going to uh, those like big registered organizations or charities. So we as not registered youth collective or a group of people who are passionate about community arts and supporting young folks, most of the funds is not like coming to us it's coming you can apply of course for those like small grants but you're covering the project expenses and you are expected to volunteer your time and it's like a full-time job volunteering your time to do the work and, and only cover the program and of course we don't mind volunteering and that's something we started to do uh, because we believe in this it's a mission for us and we want it to mm-hmm. help the community but of course we also see the other side which is we are all students we're working and studying full-time so it, volunteering in the community doesn't take time you can like say I will volunteer two hours four hours however when it comes to leading an organization or, or, or a collective or a group of people and implementing projects and changes and working on a big mission it takes a lot of time energy and effort so that's something we've been struggling with but of course we try to to deal with those challenges and overcome those challenges and i think what we're trying to do this year and specific we're trying to learn from our mistakes i would call it and this year we're trying to invest more um, in our time and try to apply for funds where our team can get paid and instead of just recruiting volunteers and asking them to commit like 40 hour per week, right? Uh, so we're trying to to apply for those programs and we're also trying to collaborate uh, on projects with other um, organizations and community um, collectives. And that's something I really found very helpful. So when you collaborate with the organization or the, I don't know, like the charity or whatever collective that you're working with, um, it will be easier because you can divide the tasks and you can deliver the program easier, faster and in an accessible way. So that's something uh, we're finding. So I would say the, the, the biggest challenge is the funding and the timing too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that this is also a period of learning from your mistakes. Right. Do you mind sharing what some of those mistakes were? For us personally, for me and for Hani, we came four years ago, five years ago. So I, I would say like a lot of stuff to invest in. Like we wanted to learn more about the community. We wanted to learn about like our team. We're still young. Like we're leading a diverse team of different perspectives, different ideas, different communities. So that's something 
I would say we didn't do in the beginning, which is learning about all those communities. Uh, but it comes, of course, over time. So that's something we're trying to do is learn from people. And also um, one of the things that we, we we did, we applied for a grant with other collectives. Um, and that's something Hany and I will be working on, which is a training for us as people leading a collective of diverse team members. Um, and we wanted to learn more about like anti-racism and supporting our members and also our audience and learn about all that kind of stuff when you form a collective or an organization. Uh, but yeah, like I would say that's something I was facing. Hani, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, I guess by planning, that was a huge, huge also yeah. like uh, planning, having a good timeline as, uh, and also the budget was really, really tough. Yeah. Uh, that's something I, I don't have any experience in. So um yeah it was it was not easy to to finance at the beginning but now we we can have clear idea i guess about what's what's how we can manage the money exactly and and of course we have a lot of supporters so that's something is helping us in all the way mm-hmm. yeah it's very i think humbling almost of an experience when we are forced to reconcile with this this idea that we can't access the same funding that bigger organizations can access when we're doing more more work that is pertinent to our communities i would say mm-hmm. like by those who live in the community for those who live in the community yeah. um and so i definitely agree with your frustration and i and i understand that pain for sure when you're dealing with challenges like this with funding, what tips or tricks do you have for other folks in terms of overcoming them? How have you been able to kind of not feel defeated mm-hmm. in the face of such challenges? Mm-hmm. I would say my number one advice or tip would be uh, whenever you are struggling to find, I don't know, to apply for funds, like, like big funds, or you have an idea and you want to deliver the program, uh, reach out to people, like reach out to groups like you or organizations, collectives that deliver something you don't deliver but they target the same group so that's something i learned let's say i want to deliver something but i don't have the funds or like enough team to work on it but um i wanted to deliver it like i want to support the target group that i'm working with what i would do i would reach out to other collectives and community organizations that are working on the same or similar mission or maybe different mission but they're supporting the same group that's what i'm usually doing and i would say this is a great learning experience for you to learn and you're also not stopping your work because of funding or you don't have enough team you're also continuing um, the work and the support for the target group uh, but it's also a learning experience for you so that's something i'm doing and also something just to give hope because i know when we talk about challenges a lot of people when they hear like oh challenges then i'm not starting or I'm not continuing the work just to give Mm -hmm. especially for those in Ontario so what I'm finding when it comes to funds and that's in 2020 I would talk about 2020 so now the province is investing more money and they're targeting women LGBTQ um, communities newcomers and and in specific in 2019 they're investing more money towards indigenous and black folks so it is helpful to see improvements in supporting young racialized folks I would really encourage you if you have an idea or a project to continue or to work on something, please start applying because there is a lot of uh, funds and you just need to know like how to target those funds. Um, and hey, like we're happy to work with you. So if you think you have an idea and you want to support youth, come to us and we're happy to work together on applying for funds. That's awesome. And thank you for putting that out there that yeah. folks are welcome to collaborate with you. Yeah. You mentioned some of the more positive parts yeah. of doing the work that you're yeah. doing um, and not getting continuously bogged down with kind of the challenges. Mm-hmm. In the face of that, what are some of the most fulfilling things that you do in your work that help you to keep keep pushing forward and motivating you? I would say I start by measuring success. So that's something Hany and I always talk about. Like how like how do we encourage 
each other and motivate our team uh, to keep doing the work. And we're trying to analyze whatever we do. So for example, whenever we host an event, we look at the number of attendees, like when they come to our event, like, is it increasing? Is it decreasing? And most of the time it is increasing. And when I'm saying increasing, that means from a 50 to a 70 or a 70 to 100. So that's something we're seeing. Um, and also the people that want to perform at our events. So that's something encouraging me whenever I, I reach out to people to perform. We are trying and advocating for artists to get paid, especially in Ontario because they're very affected because of the pandemic. So whenever we reach out to them and, and of course we pay them to perform at our events, they say like, look, what you're doing is great. We believe in your mission. We want to perform at no cost. So that's something also encouraging us and, and showing us that we're doing something. We're making an impact and, and, and like it, it motivates us to keep working um, on the same mission. And also just seeing those community organizations that come to us and say, we want to collaborate with, with you on this campaign or this book club. We want your audience to be part of our projects. People like you who share our stories and motivate us and like highlight our work. That's something we also appreciate. And, 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 and I think that's motivating us to do more work. And just to share like some um, stories that motivate us to keep the work is. So one of the stories that I really like is from our last event, uh, we hosted one in September. So it was our first event and we hosted politics and art. It was before the uh, election, like the 2019 election. So we hosted politics and art. We had a lot of challenges, but we were able to solve them and host a big event to bring young people together uh, to connect with a nonpartisan organization and learn about election, um, ways to vote and contribute to the society. One of our guests, like the participants, she was a newcomer to Canada and she's been here for four years, something. So she got her citizenship. She attended the event and she learned about the election and how to vote and how to contribute. And in the next week, she voted. So for the first time in her life in Canada, and then she came and shared her experience with me. And she's like, thank you. I learned so much. And um, I think this is something great. And I really encourage you to do this more. And I think that time I realized that we made an impact and really made me feel so proud of what we did. Like the challenges that we faced, I was like, well now we did something like I don't mind what challenges we went through but that's some that's a real impact that we made people came together we provided resources we educated mm -hmm. communities on the right in a fun creative ways that's something we do like to just like measure our work and like and, and keep motivating each other we measure our stories and like our success and I think Hani has a story to share from the climate change event too yeah I remember that one um it was in the fall we hosted an event to bring awareness about climate change and I was photographing in that event and it was a really, really cool frame because everyone was working on a on a mosaic painting from pizza boxes, and they, they were they they were working on the painting. But the people also they made a really cool painting as well. It was very diverse, and I really enjoyed photographing and and snapping everybody working together, laughing, and it was really really satisfying because I I felt. I feel safe and I felt that I'm uh, I'm included, you know, and and it's possible, you know, it's not it's not this is the normal thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's wonderful that the way that you measure success, like you said, is through these stories and storytelling as a tool of showcasing the fulfillment of your work, the impact that you're having and the success that you receive. I think that's a great way of measuring it. And I'm glad to hear that those two events in particular had such an impact. Um, I feel like also something that we're mm -hmm. trying to focus on. And I personally think this is something very important for all the groups that are running now uh, and, and youth led the representation. So that's something I always strive and advocate for to see uh, when it comes to our communities, like whether newcomers or black or indigenous, uh, most of the time we are misrepresented, whether in media, 
media or, or, or in organizations, like in the work that they do. And they, they're always people speaking on our behalf. Um, so what we did for Baum, we found that there is a big gap when it comes to indigenous and newcomers. They're not connected together. And we just wanted to highlight a success story and bring those communities together. So we collaborated with Youth Gravity, a youth organization in Toronto. And we also worked mm-hmm. with an indigenous um, advocate, and she's an artist too, uh, Jenna Robert. She's also um, a member in our team to advise us when it comes to indigenous, because um, we love to hear them, um, not only speaking on their behalf. So we worked together on organizing the mm-hmm. first ever mental health conference to bridge the gap between the two communities, indigenous and newcomers in Toronto. It was like amazing, like seeing the organizers from the same communities, a newcomer, an immigrant, and an indigenous, guest the speakers, the stage was full of indigenous and newcomers, the panel discussions, the professional speakers, the artists, and even the tables were full of those two communities coming together and learning about indigenous history and learning about a newcomer story. That was something so inspiring. And I don't see that's happening in Toronto. And that's something we are striving to do is bringing communities together. And we want to give them the space to represent themselves. I know like we welcome allyship, we want support and, and, and we need the support from the community and from other groups, but it is it is very important to have the community themselves represent their stories and share their, their experiences. That's something we're, we're trying to do. And I think when it comes to representation and we see in our events, it's diverse events and it's represented very well uh, by the community. They're sharing their stories. That's a great success for us. And, and we know that we made an impact. For sure. That sounds wonderful. I love in particular this idea of bringing together newcomers with Indigenous communities in Canada, because I think so often newcomers and immigrants, refugees are told that the gratefulness and the security we should feel, we should think like the Canadian state for that, right? Like the Canadian, whatever government is in power, the colonial idea of Canada, that's who we should be grateful to. When in reality, we're, we're also living on stolen land, right? And we are seeking refuge on stolen land. My, like my family's background Mm -hmm. is they were refugees as well. And we, we come to this Mm -hmm. territory seeking help and that the territory we come to doesn't belong to the people who are saying they're going to help us. Mm -hmm. Right. And making space for that and those conversations Mm -hmm. to happen, I think is really important because so for somebody like me, for example, my family Mm -hmm. came as refugees from South Africa and Mm -hmm. South Africa's apartheid system was Mm -hmm. built off of the residential Mm -hmm. school system in Canada. And that was something I didn't know until I was like 22 years old, which is way too long for me to have gone my whole life living in this country, not (laughs) knowing that. Right. And so to bring people together in that way, I think is really important so that we, we are able to then be real allies, like you Mm -hmm. mentioned, and for that allyship to grow and come into play amongst newcomer communities with indigenous communities and form that solidarity, right? So yeah, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think that's an amazing idea. There's there's always a lot of untold truth and stigma. (laughs) It's hard, yeah. But but also I found that newcomers are also really willing to know about the history more than anybody else. It's really, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's that sense of 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 sharing land, exactly. right? And and coming to a new land, mm-hmm. the way that you're leaving your Absolutely. homeland, and this solidarity that exists already, right? Where like people have had have either been forced to leave or have willingly left to to Absolutely. seek out a better life here. But that and idea that of still yeah. leaving home, right? Um, yeah. Hmm. Exactly. And I think it's great that mm-hmm. young newcomers, especially will be showcased as like, this is this is a way to show appreciation. This is a way to show solidarity. This is who you um, 
like that representation factor. This is who the government and, and who <laughs> whose land the people have welcomed you onto, right? So yeah, I think that's really important. I think that's something I would have benefited personally. I mean, I was born and raised here, but still I would have I would have benefited tremendously from something like that, I think, at that age. So that's wonderful. What have been some of the opportunities that you guys have upcoming for any young people to get involved in? I know things might be a little bit different. Um, when we're recording this in July, COVID is still rampant. Um, some places are opening up, but we're still being cautious. So do you have any upcoming either online events, mere projects, or opportunities that youth can get involved in? Are you looking to hire volunteers for anything, etc.? And then where can people find you? What are your social media handles? Are there places that folks can help financially support you yeah. and donate? Um, so for our upcoming opportunities or events, um, so that's something exclusive to share. We didn't share it yet. We recently um, got funded by the Social Innovation Funds. Uh, it's like an activism funds for projects will advance systemic change for social justice. Mm -hmm. So we're going to launch our virtual social justice cafe slash arts. We're very excited. Uh, that's something we've been working so hard to launch. Uh, so the topics will be similar topics that the youth would be interested to, like, to, learn, to learn about. But we're trying to focus on raising funds to the Black community, support Black businesses, speak again about, uh, about Indigenous rights and Indigenous history and immigration and refugees and all that kind of stuff that matter to us. Um, we're also uh, going to include the art to it. So we're going to support our and while just enjoy art and, um, and and of course art is a way of healing so we needed art so that's something we're, we're going to launch very soon we're currently working on a book club so this book club collaboration with Enviro Muslims and Peel, uh, Peel Climate Council. Uh, the book club called People Planet Pages, you can find it on our social media platforms. And it, we're still up, I think we have 40 members, but we still have 10 spots. So if you are interested to be a member, we have our first virtual watch party. Uh, we're watching a documentary on uh, on the book that will be discussed, uh, which is about environmental racism. So that's something interesting too. And I really encourage you to join because you'll meet a lot of people that are very supportive and that are very passionate about climate change so if you are interested in climate change or meeting people networking that's something to explore we're also collaborating on different campaigns and community events especially for aid so if you are interested to join those community virtual events, um, you can also check them on our social media platforms. We don't have a website yet. We're still working on it. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And it's at BAM Collective 21. We're not registered, but we welcome donations. So if you are willing to support us and support those projects and join us, you can connect with us on social media and we'll walk you through the process. For the hirings and volunteering opportunities, we're currently uh, preparing to launch two uh, hiring positions. Uh, there will be uh, volunteering uh, positions for the virtual social justice cafe so we are looking for a media coordinator and a project coordinator so if you are interested and if you want to learn and gain some experiences you can also find those on our social media platforms so we have a lot and you can just check in um, on our social media platforms wonderful you guys are really busy that's amazing i'm glad to see that things haven't had to slow down because of covid you've still been able to keep up this pace of continuing to do programming which is incredible so yeah i encourage folks to definitely check out the work that they're doing and, and sign up for any opportunities that are interesting to you thank you so much for joining us both of you before i let you go we have our closing segment that we call how I would end racism. And it's really just a big joke for my for my liking. <laughs> it, it, it provides me the inspiration that I need, I think. I think Hani has a great answer for this. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Oh, no amazing. Pressure. Okay, so yeah. But, but yeah, as young leaders of color, we are constantly actually trying to reduce mm -hmm. the harm that racism has. 
both on ourselves personally and in our communities. But what if we could do it instantly? What if we could snap our fingers and everybody was no longer racist or systemic racism didn't exist? What would your be your most creative way to end racism if you had all the power in the world and nothing was off okay, limits? For, I think I think the, the funny thing that uh, most racist people, they hate being exposed to racism. And for me, if I have a chance to create, um, um, I don't know, imaginary mirror, mirror uh, instead of calling about beauty, I would I would call it about ugliness. So how it works, I would call it the anti-racism mirror. And whenever I face something or like someone face racism, they would just point, face them with the mirror right away. So they can see the ugliness of that act. And I hope they will they will see themselves doing it because it's it's just ugly and i hope i hope they stop it's not mm-hmm. a good experience and facing racism is i don't know like it's something that no one will appreciate and it's something hurts people and it's kind of like a disease so like why infecting someone with a disease when there is no need to infect someone because of their color or because of their background or accent just be nice like life is beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I love that mirror idea. I think it has a beautiful artistry to it as well, which I think reflects probably your artistic background. How about you, Hanan? Do you have any creative answers? I'm still finding the answer. Yeah, I would just say, I don't know, when it comes to ending racism, I'm really... Um, I have a big hope when I see a, like a lot of us like young folks are um, are trying to educate communities because the the action comes when you educate communities and that's something we're all striving to do. So just to let you know that you're doing something great and I really appreciate what you're doing in equipping young people and, and giving them all those resources and the workshops that you're hosting is something very needed and I think that's uh, a good way to end racism. Uh, so thanks for doing your work. Thank you. That is very kind of you. And I'm I'm a big fan of the work that you guys are doing and have been doing for a while now. So <laughs> it's very much reciprocated. Um, but yeah, thank you both so much for joining us. I'm excited for folks to hear about your organization and everything you have upcoming. And I wish you all the best as you continue on, especially with this new grant that you received. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.